killing the world as they prove to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. When I'm killing, I'm always proving it's the same. Yeah, the hottest podcast out there. Oh, yes. Very informative. When I'm home, Tim, I'm always tuned in for days. He has the hottest podcast out here. When I'm home, Tim, in the world, I stay tuned to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. Russia's Deputy Defense Minister. The man he is talking to is a veteran. He was part of the Russian Army in Russia's Special Forces. He was also part of the Wagner Private Mercenary Group. His name is Andrei Troshev. He goes by the alias Sedoy. That means the grey-haired one. And this man has seen it all. When he was young, he fought for the Soviet Union in Afghanistan. He also fought in Chechnya and Syria. In Syria, he was given one of Russia's highest honors in 2016, the Hero of Russia Award. But by then, he was out of the armed forces. In Syria, he was serving as a Wagner commander. Troshev has been a senior leader with Wagner for years. And Putin has stabbed him again. Andrei Nikolovich, I would like to begin the meeting by speaking to you in the first place. At the last meeting, we talked about you working on forming volunteer units that can perform various combat tasks, above all, of course, in the zone of a special military operation. You have been fighting for over a year in one of those units. You know what it is, how it is done. You know about the issues that need to be resolved in advance so that the combat work goes in the best and most successful way. Now, Putin said all this in front of Russia's deputy defense minister, and the reason is clear. It was a message to the Russian military. Troshev will be in charge of mercenary units. He will lead the Wagner group. 
The Russian army has to stay out of his way. Russian Russian military VIP plane touched down in Pyongyang this week. The mystery plane was spotted just days after North Korea Supreme Leader Kim Jong-un made a rare trip to Russia's Vladivostok. Tracking data from the flight radar 24 shows that the Russian Air Force Ilyushin 1L62M flew from Moscow to Pyongyang on Wednesday, pardon me, Tuesday. The Ilyushin aircraft remained parked in North Korea for about 2 days. Data from the flight radar 24 also indicates that the plane returned to Moscow from Pyongyang on Thursday. The tail number on the plane indicates that it was the same aircraft Russia previously sent to North Korea in August. Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu traveled to Pyongyang during the time he was guided by Kim through a collection of weaponry. As per reports, silence surrounding the flight indicates that there were military officials on board. The officials were reportedly present for talks on weapons and technology transfer. North Korea has had almost no international air traffic since it's closed its borders due to the coronavirus pandemic. The arrivals of two flights in North Korea within 2 months highlight strengthening ties between Pyongyang and Moscow. Moscow and Pyongyang have drawn closer as the United States and its partners isolated them with international sanctions. Experts also believe that Russia has rediscovered the strategic value of North Korea and this comes against the backdrop of North Korea's support in the war as well as the formation of the US South Korea Japan trilateral alliance. Today, Trezor and his friends are paying tribute to Prigozhin at this Wagner statue in the heart of the capital. They want to show their respects to the head of the Wagner group after his death in an inexplicable plane crash in Russia on the 23rd of August. On ne peut pas mesurer hein. We cannot measure the greatness or the added value of what the Wagners have brought to the Central African Republic. In previous years we have had peacekeeping missions, missions that were sent to the Central African Republic to secure our borders. But what did this achieve in terms of results? What have we seen? What have we known? We have only known repeated coups. We must support Russia so that we can never again speak of such a rebellion in the Central African Republic. Vraiment plus que jamais nous ne pouvons plus parler d'une quelconque rébellion au bus africain. The Central African Republic has been in the midst of series of civil wars since 2003, which left three quarters of the territory under rebel control. The estimated 1,000 Wagner mercenaries stationed in the Central African Republic first came to the country in 2018 to help the government of President Touadéra defeat rebel forces and fill in a security vacuum left by France after it withdrew its military forces from the country in 2016. A lot of people in the Central African Republic think the Wagner group together with the Rwandan troops have done more to quell the country's many rebellions than the French and the UN forces combined. While foreign observers accused the Russian paramilitary of committing atrocities, the majority of the civilians here think their successes are worth the price. But while the Wagner group has many supporters in the country, it also has its opponents. The Central African Republic opposition leader Mohamed Kamoun was a former prime minister in President Catherine Samba Panza's transitional government and is currently leader of the Bay Africa Tikwe opposition party, meaning the Central African Republic for us all. He says the mercenaries don't belong in the Central African Republic. Not only 
Not only is it a group which does not come to help to develop and foster peace in Africa, this group is made up of people who came for self-interest and benefits. Whether it's the Charter of the African Union or the Charter of the United Nations, the activity of the Wagners is banned. They have come for the wrong cause and the wrong reason. Today, Central Africans are paying the price for their negative presence since the Wagners came in here. They exploit our timber, our mines, trade, etc. They have created unfair competition in terms of security. A country like CAR should instead rely on credible partners. With Prigozhin's death, the question on many minds is whether the Wagner Group will continue its operations in the Central African Republic, but this time under Kremlin authority. And if so, what will happen to the country if Russia withdraws the soldiers due to the pressures of the war in Ukraine? Poland says it will not give any more weapons to Kiev. According to the reports, many of the transfers from Western allies have involved modern weapons, such as uh, the U.S. air defense systems that have proven highly effective against Russian drones and missiles. However, in other cases, allies have provided stockpile equipment that need extensive overhaul. Now, the delivery of second-hand Leopard 1A5 from Germany to the Ukrainian armed forces recently hit a roadblock. Ukraine, received, uh, pardon me, Ukraine refused to accept a batch of 10 of these archaic tanks due to its inability to service them. According to reports, Kiev refused to import them, claiming that these tanks required extensive repair work and that they did not have the technical expertise. The German side dispatched a team of specialists to Poland to inspect the tanks firsthand. The examination revealed that they were quite worn out after the training of the Ukrainian soldiers in Germany and they needed further repairs. The Cold War era 1A type tank was last used by Germany in the year 2000 and have been in cold storage for about 20 years. Not just Germany, but other allies too are reported to have donated outdated or unusable weapons to Kiev. And these include 33 self-propelled howitzers donated by the Italian government and 26 out of 29 Humvees given by the US Army unit in Kuwait that were broken or unusable. Meanwhile, Poland, one of Ukraine's most steadfast allies, it has said that it will no longer provide weaponry to its neighbor. This comes as a diplomatic row over grain movement intensifies between both the countries. The Polish Prime Minister justified this decision, saying that it is arming itself with more weapons. The ongoing Russia-Ukraine war, the game of attacks and counter-attacks between the two nations continues, and so does the list of people that have died fighting for either side. Kiev claims that in the recent attack on Russian naval headquarters, the commander of Russia's Black Sea Fleet has been killed. The strike on Saturday sent plumes of black smoke billowing from the building in central Sevastopol, leaving the building reportedly beyond repair. Kiev claims that 34 people were killed in the attack while over 100 were left injured. Russia has not yet commented on the number of casualties. It has however carried out a massive attack in Odessa. The attack caused serious damage to infrastructure while one person has been injured, however no casualties were reported. Ukraine's 
ударного типу з використанням ракет двох типів були застосовані і високоточні калібри, і надшвидкісні, надзвукової швидкості «Онікси». Удар прийшовся по припортовій інфраструктурі, зокрема зруйновано будівлю морського вокзалу і готелю, що поруч, який багато років не працює, але ворогом було сприйнято як центр прийняття рішень і поцілено саме по ньому. Також два онікси влучили в зерносховище, які зруйновані. While relief teams put out the fires, Ukraine prepared to further strengthen itself against Russia. With the help of US, it has been its long-standing ally. The latest addition to the list are the Abrams tanks. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has announced that the tanks reached Ukraine, arriving months ahead of initial estimates. US has promised 31 M1 Abrams tanks to Kyiv. This is just the first of the fleet, and there are besides some 11 that is 113 billion US dollars in security and humanitarian aid sent in by the US to Ukraine so far. The state-of-the-art tanks are supposed to be an upgrade from the Soviet-era tanks currently operational in the war. The tanks, however, also pose an area of problems. Ukraine may struggle to cope with logistic infrastructure, including obtaining spare parts, warehousing, and general maintenance. US defense officials had repeatedly flagged that the Abrams were ill-suited for Kyiv's forces. Washington, however, made a U-turn on the considerations. The gap between the delivery of artillery to the nation and its transition to the front lines takes a while as Ukraine is amping up its drone capacity as well. The pilots depend on duct-taping and zip-tying bombs to drones in some areas. The primary that's going on right now looks like uh, former President Trump still has this in command. Yeah, good morning, Savannah. And in command is putting it mildly, perhaps. Our new NBC numbers here looking at the Republican race. Donald Trump now nearing 60% in our poll, 59%. His nearest competitor, Ron DeSantis, is now 43 points behind it, just 16%. You see all the other Republicans, they are still in single digits. There's already been a Republican debate. Donald Trump boycotted that debate. His uh, lead has only gone up since then. At the start of this summer, he was at 51% in our poll. Now he's near 60% with another debate that he's going to skip looming just this week. And I'm just doing math here. I mean, if you add up all of those Republican rivals, Donald Trump still beats them. So it's, uh, it is a commanding lead right now. Let's talk about President Biden and potential matchups that he might face and how he fares. Yes, I mean, if this is the direction that Republicans are going and they do end up nominating Donald Trump and we have a rematch of 2020, we polled, how might that look in 2024? Here's Trump versus Biden. We found a dead heat, Biden 46, Trump 46. Worth remembering the popular vote back in the 2020 election, Joe Biden won that by four and a half points over Donald Trump. So our poll at least is showing perhaps a closer race than they had in 2020. Also notably, we tested some other candidates against Biden. Here's Ron DeSantis, who's essentially been pitching himself to Republican voters as a more electable version of Donald Trump. Well, he actually fares a point worse against Biden than Donald Trump does. And we tested Nikki Haley, the former UN ambassador. 
She's actually running five points ahead of Joe Biden. Interesting note here, fewer than half of all voters know who Haley is. So this could reflect some strength on her part. It could also just reflect that old thing in politics. If she comes, if she's seen as the generic Republican alternative to Biden, that could speak to Biden's weaknesses that she's doing so well against him. Well, speaking of weaknesses, the poll reveals the key witnesses of, of the front runner in Biden's case, it's age. In Trump's case, it's indictments. How does that shake out? Yeah, so it's interesting here. We asked voters, sort of, do you consider this a major or moderate concern? And obviously, Donald Trump, multiple indictments, allegations, criminal charges here. It's gotten a ton of attention. And yes, a clear majority there, 62% of all voters say that's a major or moderate concern to them. But look what scores even higher in the poll at 74%. It's Joe Biden's age and it's his fitness for office to get to 74%. That's not just Republicans saying that's a concern to them. You've got to have a lot of Democrats saying yes, too, to get the number that high. The primary that's going on right now looks like uh, former President Trump still has this in command. Yeah, good morning, Savannah. And in command is putting it mildly, perhaps, our new... In plans to give Ukraine advanced long-range missiles to help with its ongoing counter-offensive against Russia. That's according to reports in the American media. They quote US officials familiar with the issue, saying Ukraine will get some long-range missiles, similar to the ones we're seeing here, with a range of up to 190 miles. Now, that would allow Kyiv to hit Russian targets deep behind the front line. Neither the US or Ukraine have officially confirmed those media reports. Now, this comes as the Ukrainian military claims it struck the headquarters of Russia's Black Sea naval fleet in occupied Crimea with storm shadow cruise missiles supplied by Britain and France. The building in Sevastopol, uh, Sevastopol appears to have been hit by at least two missiles causing extensive damage. Black smoke was still rising from Sevastopol hours after the attack. Russia's Ministry of Defence said one serviceman was missing. Meanwhile, President Zelensky's just wrapped up a week-long visit to the US and Canada, where he appealed to lawmakers for further support in the ongoing conflict. On Friday, Canada's Justin Trudeau pledged nearly $500 million in aid to Ukraine. That includes 50 armoured vehicles, as well as training for F-16 pilots and engineers to be delivered over a three-year period. All that's in addition to a $325 million package from the US announced during President Zelensky's visit to Washington, D.C. on Thursday. Moscow says Ukrainian missiles have targeted its Black Sea Fleet headquarters in the peninsula. It said Russian air defense systems shot down five missiles during the attack in Sevastopol. But black smoke has been seen billowing from the base. Crimea's Russian-backed governor has urged civilians to remain indoors and stay away from the city center until further notice. In recent weeks, Ukraine has stepped up its attacks on Russia's navy. Journalist Yulia Shapovalova is standing by in Moscow for us. First, though, let's talk to Zane Bisravi in the Ukrainian capital. Zane, what are you learning about this? Obviously, we're getting very differing reports from Russian and Ukrainian sources, but here on the ground in Kyiv, uh, leaders, military and civilian alike, will be celebrating what they consider, no doubt, to be a successful mission on the Crimean Peninsula. Uh, we've heard attacks of uh, multiple missile attacks on targets in the peninsula, multiple explosions in the last few hours, uh, and uh, the prime target seems to be the headquarters of the Black Sea Fleet. Now, the Black Sea Fleet has been the main military thrust of Russia's in this war in Ukraine.
Ukraine uh, since the invasion began. And this will no doubt come as a major, uh, a major problem for Russian forces here. What we're hearing is uh, other locations were also hit, four other locations on the peninsula. But it, it seems to be that the headquarters of the Black Sea Fleet was a primary target. Now, Russia has unleashed a new missile bombardment across Ukraine. CNN's Fred Plykin is on the ground for us in Zaporizhia. Fred, tell us about these new attacks and their targets. Hi there, Wolf. Yeah, it was really just as President Volodymyr Zelensky was gearing up for his meetings uh, in Washington, D.C., that the Russians unleashed that really strong and big aerial attack in the early morning hours, and the air raid alarms were on for several hours in wide parts of the country. And the Russians not only used ballistic missile for this attack, but even 10 nuclear-capable strategic bombers. Here's what happened. Vladimir Putin unleashing massive aerial attacks across Ukraine, just as Ukraine's president visits Capitol Hill and the White House. Firefighters rushing the wounded out of the burning ruins of this hotel in the town Cherkasy. The sound I heard was boom, and I saw all the windows were gone in the kitchen and in the bedroom, this woman says. And she adds, at around 6 in the morning, there was an explosion, a strong one. We came here, saw the windows that shattered in the shop. Kiev says the Russians launched 43 cruise missiles in the early morning hours. And while Ukraine's air defenses were able to shoot down most of them, some did come through. Also hitting energy infrastructure. Kiev saying the power grid here hasn't been attacked on the scale in half a year. The Ukrainians certain more strikes will follow as temperatures begin to fall. We can make certain assumptions that the fuel and energy sector facilities will be further targeted by the enemy, the Air Force spokesman says. Zelensky urging the U.S. and its allies to provide more modern air defense systems, but Ukraine also fighting back. The United States has contributed about $70 billion to your war effort. And I wonder if you expect that level of support to continue. The United States of America is supporting Ukraine financially, and I'm grateful for this. I just think they're not supporting only Ukraine alone. If Ukraine falls, Putin will surely go further. What will the United States of America do when Putin reaches the Baltic states, when he reaches the Polish border? He will. This is a lot of money. We have a lot of gratitude. What else must Ukraine do for everyone to measure our huge gratitude? We are dying in this war. Look, if Ukraine falls, what will happen in 10 years? Just think about it. If the Russians reach Poland, what's next? A third world war? What will it take? Another 70 billion? I don't have an answer. The whole world has to decide whether we want to stop Putin or whether we want to start the beginning of a world war. We can't change Putin. Russian society has lost the respect of the world. They elected him and re-elected him and raised a second Hitler. They did this. We cannot go back in time, but we can stop it here. The United States. Kim 
departed North Korea around afternoon on Sunday. He travelled on a private armoured train. It reached the Russian Cosmodrome earlier today. Once there, the tour began. Putin personally showed Kim the entire facility, the launching pad, the assembling site, the design centres, all of it. The North Korean leader seemed very invested. He also asked questions to the Russian officials present there. After the tour, both leaders held talks. Putin thanked Kim for accepting his invite to visit Russia. Of course, we need to discuss the issues of economic cooperation and humanitarian issues as well as the situation in the region. We have a lot of issues to discuss. I am very glad to see you. Thank you for accepting our invitation and coming to Russia. Kim Jong-un had a lot more to say. He said Russia is fighting a quote-unquote sacred war with the West. And for that, Kim offered his unconditional support. Listen to this now. Russia is now in the sacred fight against hegemonic forces in order to protect its sovereignty and security interests. We have constantly expressed our full and unconditional support for all the decisions taken by the president and the Russian leadership. And I want to assure you that we will always be together with Russia in the fight against imperialism. Could that also mean weapons? The United States believes it does. They say Kim Jong-un will sell weapons to Russia, weapons that could be used in Ukraine. Both Moscow and Pyongyang have denied this claim. But then again, that's been the trend. The West says Iran is arming Russia. Iran denies this. The West also says Chinese companies are backing Russia. Again, Beijing denies this. But beyond the defense deals, what does this visit mean? Kim departed... ...ties with Africa, both economically and politically. However, the decision to withdraw their presence from the continent has become a perplexing dilemma. Looking at the recent happening in the Republic of Niger and other African countries, where France, for instance, has refused to leave the country despite being asked to do so by the locals, one would ask, why are the Western nations finding it difficult to let Africans and African nation to be on their own? In this video, we will explore the multifaceted reasons behind the Western countries' hesitation to fully disengage from Africa, exposing the reasons why the Europeans and the rest of the world cannot do without Africa. As the second largest continent, Africa is bordered by the Mediterranean Sea, the Red Sea, the Indian Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean. It is almost equally divided by the equator, Africa's uniqueness lies in its abundance of natural resources. The continent possesses arable land, water, oil, natural gas, minerals, forests and wildlife. Africa holds a substantial proportion of the world's natural resources, both renewable and non-renewable. With around 30% of the world's mineral reserves, 8% of its natural gas and 12% of its oil reserves, Africa is a significant player in the global resource landscape. The continent possesses 40% of the world's gold, up to 90% of its chromium and platinum, and the largest reserves of cobalt, diamonds, platinum and geranium. It also holds 65% of the world's arable land, and provides 10% of the planet's internal renewable freshwater source. In many African countries, natural capital accounts for 30 to 50% of total wealth. Over 70% of people in sub-Saharan Africa rely on forests and woodlands for their livelihoods. 
forest products account for an average of 6% of Africa's GDP, surpassing other continents. Central and Western Africa, where forest cover is densest, see the forest sector contributing over 60% of their GDP. Forest exports, especially high-grade woods like mahogany and okum, generate substantial revenue. Africa is a significant producer of precious metals and minerals. Key metals exported by African countries include uranium, used in nuclear energy, platinum, in jewelry and industrial applications, nickel, stainless steel, magnets, coins and batteries, bauxite, main aluminum ore, and cobalt, color pigments. The continent produced approximately 483 tons of gold in 2008, accounting for 22% of global production. South Africa is responsible for almost half of Africa's gold, with other major producers including Ghana, Guinea, Mali and Tanzania. When it comes to diamonds, Africa dominates the global market, producing 55% of the world's diamonds in 2008. Botswana, Angola, South Africa, the Democratic And you see this fam? You see all this that they got, right? And they got children that hungry and starved. Everybody is taking all this stuff away from our land. And we sitting up here starving and all this other stuff. This is wealth. And we can't even enjoy the wealth of our land. Because you got other people taking it. Let's analyze. Republic of the Congo and Namibia are the leading diamond producers in Africa. Africa is also home to significant deposits of oil and natural gas, which are crucial for energy production. In 2007, Africa accounted for 12.5% of the world's total oil production and 6.45% of total natural gas production. Nigeria, Libya, Algeria, Egypt and Angola dominate the continent's oil industry. The exploration of oil reserves has significantly increased, with many countries striving to become first-time producers. Coal emerges abundant resources in 22 out of Africa's 54 nations. In 2019, Manchuria stood as the continent's primary petroleum producer, 25%, followed by Angola 17% and Algeria 16%. Metals including gold, iron, titanium, zinc and copper are dominant in 11 countries with Ghana leading as the largest gold producer trailed by South Africa and Mali. Industrial minerals like diamonds, gypsum, salt, sulfur and phosphates are the primary commodities for 13 African countries. The DRC claims the title of Africa's leading industrial diamond producer followed by Botswana and South Africa. Botswana also takes the lead in Africa for the production of gem-quality diamonds destined for jewelry. Africa's fishing industry is a vital source of income for over 10 million people, contributing to an annual export value of $2.7 billion. The continent boasts extensive fisheries along its marine coasts, inland waters, the Great Lakes and the Nile River, supporting thriving freshwater fisheries. West Africa in particular is a significant fishing zone, producing 4.5 million tons of fish in 2000. Namibia and South Africa are also key players in the marine fish market, exporting between 80 and 90% of their catch annually. 
In the Eastern African countries of Eritrea, Djibouti, Somalia and Kenya, well-established fisheries thrive in the Red Sea and the Indian Ocean. The utilization of various minerals, ranging from aluminum to zinc, forms the foundation of the electronics we rely on today. A staggering 1.5 billion smartphones were sold globally in 2021, a significant leap from 122 million units in 2007. As of 2020, nearly four out of five individuals, 78%, owned a smartphone. Mined and semi-processed materials comprise over half of a mobile phone's components, encompassing electronics, displays, batteries and speakers. Key metals such as lithium and cobalt are crucial in battery production, with the Democratic Republic of the Congo accounting for approximately 63% of global cobalt production in 2019. Tantalum, another vital metal, finds its application in electronic devices, specifically tantalum capacitors present in mobile phones, laptops and automotive electronics. The DRC and Rwanda are the primary global producers of tantalum, jointly contributing half of the world's output. Africa's natural resources, favorable climate, agricultural potential and abundant forests make it indispensable for the world's survival. European nations being aware of this fact, and also haven been benefiting from this resources since the time of colonization, are doing everything in their power to remain in Africa. So because this continued exploitation, they are not willing to go. Therefore, African nations need to pay attention to the exploitation by the West. Harnessing these resources sustainably is crucial for both Africa's development and global well-being. Thank See y'all, this is worth it. I don't, that's why I understand why Africa, the, the continent of Africa and the leaders are begging other nations to do this and do that and do that. <clears throat> you got the ace, you got the high joker in your hand and spade. The high joker. And you don't even know how to play it. You got the Joker, Joker, Ace, King, Queen, and Jack. And 10 spades. And you don't even know how to play it, man. All these minerals that these people need to continue having their livelihood developing, they need it from that, your country, our country. And y'all begging people for this and begging people for that. That's why I say about the within thing. Kick all them people out of there. Kick all the Spaniard, Spain people and all the Caucasian people out of there. Gather up your land, gather up all your relers. One nation, all these resources and all these millions that y'all can't get together as one nation and build that continent the way it's supposed to be, the powerhouse of the earth. I understand that. That's why I say <clears throat> it, it needs to be some wisdom, some fences out there, men of wisdom, men of understanding, men that can see the vision, men that can see What's going on with the left, the right, the front, the back? 
And the first thing y'all got to do, man, really is get rid of that them president from Kenya anyway. And the people that's on there. Because I ain't forgot about how they supposed to be going against Haitian, Caucasian men having them to go against black men. People that look like them under white supremacy, KKK, and colonialism. And when they do that, y'all, in Africa, if they making no move, that's when you attack them when they leave. Because this, this right here that got to be stopped, got to be stopped, period. You got to cut it from the neck. You got to cut it from the neck. First of all, I just want to say thank you for all the people that's listening and chiming in on me. You didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. So I appreciate you doing that. Hopefully that way if we can learn how to agree to disagree and we can live like people. When I make the hard topics, I say the hard things, I make the thing itch scratch. So if your itch is not scratching and you scratching on the itch, Maybe you need to look yourself in the mirror. So, I'm not here for no drama. I'm not here for no nothing. Just to learn, 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 and edify. This is from learning situations only. So, I'm not here to get anybody's hairs up. So, again, thank you. And hopefully we can agree to disagree. I'm going to keep it like an island boy. I'm going to keep it like an island boy. I'm just trying to make. And I'm an island boy. I'm going to keep it like an island boy. And I'm an island boy. I'm just trying to make. And I'm an island boy. I'm going to keep it like an island boy. These streets keep calling me. They don't want me to leave the life behind. Staring at stars, wishing I had the time. But my kids need food and my girl needs me. And sometimes I Did y'all hear about what Zoom is doing? I'm not gonna lie to y'all, this one hurt my feelings, but if you use Zoom, this video is for you. TikTok, this video is for educational purposes. This young lady explained it way better than I could, so please listen. So, unfortunately, we have just gotten news about Zoom's new update. Zoom's updated terms of service permit training AI on user content without opt-out. Now, you may be asking, what does that mean? This. Additionally, under section 10.4 of the updated terms, Zoom has secured a perpetual, worldwide, non-exclusive, royalty-free, sub-licensable, and transferable license to redistribute, publish, access, use, store, transmit, review, disclose, preserve, extract, modify, reproduce, share, use, display, copy, distribute, translate, transcribe, create derivative works, and process customer content. Now you may still be asking, 
What does that mean? Zoom can literally take anything that you do and access it, publish it, redistribute it, use it, store it, transmit it, review it, disclose it, extract, modify it. They can modify it. They can reproduce it. They can share. They can use. They can distribute it. They can translate it. They can transcribe it. Those are not new. But create derivative works. That means they can use it to change AI. They're saying it's necessary, but this is literally in their new terms of service. And as somebody who uses Zoom and hates all the other alternatives, this is bad. Now, what does this mean for the future? No idea. I'll keep y'all updated on what's going Germany expressed a wish to decouple from China. And to achieve this goal, Germany did what the U.S. told it to. But what Germany forgot to consider was that China could also respond. To help Germany decouple better, China canceled a $100 billion car order from Germany, making it realize what it had missed out on. This cancellation has sent panic in Europe as it will cause a huge economic loss. Germany is the economic powerhouse of Europe, and canceling the order would make Germany struggle. Not to mention, Germany is already in an economic crisis. Now, will Germany give up on its plan of decoupling from China? Let's find out. Welcome back to another exciting episode of our channel. Innovation Diary brings you China's innovation stories, projects, and growing influence in different parts of the world. If you are new to the channel and enjoy learning about fast-paced modernity, especially China's development and growing power, you will find our videos intriguing. In this video, we will discuss why Germany wanted to decouple from China if it was not able to handle an order cancellation. We will also talk about an external force that controls Germany. Watch the video till the very end to know if Germany is going to leave the U.S. side and align with China. Let's get started. China recently canceled a massive $100 billion car order from Germany, sending shockwaves through the German automotive industry and the European economy. Germany, often regarded as the powerhouse of Europe, heavily relies on its automotive sector for economic stability. The cancellation of this order has raised concerns about the future of Germany's economy and strained diplomatic relations, and highlighted the need for adaptation in the face of global automotive trends. But what would be the impact of this order cancellation? The immediate and most apparent consequence of China's cancellation is the loss of revenue and potential job cuts in Germany. German automakers were banking on this order to boost their income significantly. However, with the order now off the table, these companies face financial uncertainty. This loss of income could lead to job cuts and a decline in employment in the automotive sector, which accounts for a substantial 4% of German employment. The cancellation of the car order has strained relations not only between Germany and China, but also between the European Union and China. This strained diplomatic atmosphere could have broader implications for trade and economic cooperation between the two regions. It might lead to a slowdown in other sectors of the German economy as trade tensions persist. But once you know why China canceled this order, you would also agree that Germany deserved this. In recent years, the global automotive landscape has been shaped by the rise of electric vehicles and EVs. China, with its robust EV industry, is poised to become the world's largest car exporter. German automakers, renowned for their expertise in traditional combustion engines, now face increasing competition from Chinese EV manufacturers. This heightened competition could potentially shorten their market share and profitability. The cancellation of the car order highlights the need for German automakers to adapt to the growing demand for EVs. Chinese consumers have demonstrated a preference for cutting-edge EV models from local manufacturers, 
equipped with advanced battery technology and sensors. In contrast, German-made EVs have been perceived as somewhat outdated. To remain competitive, German automakers must invest in research and development to enhance their EV offerings. The combination of the electric vehicle revolution and the cancellation of the car order has raised concerns about the potential for deindustrialization in Germany. This risk is similar to what the United States experienced in the early 2000s when its manufacturing sector declined. To avert this scenario, policymakers need to take proactive measures to support the transition to EVs A and D ensure the long-term competitiveness of the German automotive industry. But why did China cancel this order? Before we continue further, tell us, are you enjoying the video? If yes, please like and share the video. And China's decision to cancel the $100 billion car order from Germany stems from several complex factors. Firstly, China cites Germany's unreasonable demands as a key reason for the cancellation. German policymakers and leaders have been leaning towards the United States, aligning themselves with efforts to impose sanctions on China. Additionally, Germany has openly supported efforts to de-risk investments in China. Consequently, China decides to help Germany de-risk better and teach it a lesson it won't forget. The diplomatic fallout of this cancellation goes beyond a simple disruption in trade, relations between two economies. It has shaken the foundation of the European economy and raised questions about the global balance of power. The European Union, which has been navigating a complex relationship with China, is now confronted with a significant setback. The cancellation of the car order has exposed the fragility of EU-China relations. Europe has always been trying to engage less with China due to the sanctions imposed on it. But now China is doing the same, giving it a taste of its own medicine. In the international media, the news of Germany de-risking from China has got everyone's attention. This made Europe look like a region that did not need China and wanted to stay away from it. But the policymakers forgot that Europe can't survive without China. And to give Germany and Europe a reality check, China took this step. And this makes the French finance minister's statement correct, that de-risking from China is an illusion. Germany's alignment with the United States on issues related to China marks a notable shift in its foreign policy. Historically, Germany has maintained a balanced approach in its international relations. However, recent developments indicate a growing willingness to cooperate with the United States in countering China's influence. This shift has not gone unnoticed by Chinese authorities and may have played a role in the cancellation of the car order. Everyone knows how the U.S. uses all the European nations for its benefit, and Germany is no exception. Without question, they are doing what the U.S. tells them to. But this time, China taught Germany a lesson it needed. Germany's economic strength is intertwined with that of the European Union. As Europe's largest economy, Germany's well-being has a direct impact on the stability of the entire region. The cancellation of the car order has therefore echoed across Europe, causing widespread concern about the broader economic consequences. To address the challenges posed by the cancellation of the car order and the evolving global automotive landscape, Germany must adopt a different approach. German automakers should accelerate their investments in electric vehicle technology. This includes developing cutting-edge battery systems, improving charging infrastructure, and enhancing the overall efficiency and affordability of EVs. And for this, it needs a strong supply chain like China. Germany should actively work to mend trade relations with China and the European Union. Diplomatic efforts to ease tensions and resolve differences can help create a more stable environment for businesses. In the political tension, businesses can never become successful. And nations like Germany, 
which rely heavily on the U.S., need a partner like China, which does not believe in exploitation. And no doubt forced decoupling will give no benefits to Germany at all. Relying heavily on a single market can be risky, as the recent cancellation demonstrates. Germany should seek to diversify its export markets to reduce its vulnerability to economic shocks in any one region. The German government should provide incentives for research and development in the automotive sector, particularly in EV technology. Encouraging innovation will help German automakers stay competitive on the global stage. Embracing sustainability in both production and product offerings will not only meet evolving consumer demands, but also contribute to Germany's reputation as a leader in environmental consciousness. Partnering with innovative startups in the automotive sector can inject fresh ideas and technology into established companies, helping them stay at the forefront of industry trends. And above all, Germany should stop allowing the U.S. to control it. It needs to make free decisions. China's cancellation of Germany's $100 billion car order has sent shockwaves through the German automotive industry and the broader European economy. It has revealed the interplay between economic interests, diplomatic relations, and the need for adaptation in the face of global trends like the rise of electric vehicles. Germany must respond proactively by investing in EV technology, strengthening trade relations, diversifying export markets, supporting innovation, prioritizing sustainability, collaborating with startups, and getting freedom from external pressure. Only by doing so can Germany navigate the changing landscape of the automotive industry and safeguard its economic future. We would like to take a moment here and... So, Faze, what you think about that? What you think about that? Well, only thing I already warned Germany last year about being in the United States mess. Right? So we already had that conversation with Germany. And Germany, like he said, did what he did. So Germany got blood on their hands as well. So they looking at this as, and y'all ain't noticed this. He kept saying a European nation, European nation, Caucasian nation. You know, when you when you listen to it, he's saying European nation. Why he didn't say, you know, the other nation other than the European nation? So all this is an effect on the European nation that the Most High is 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 doing, and they thinking that I I, I don't know y'all. I believe in the Bible, right? So, if Most High said that we got next, and the Most High said that Israel is all he known, and he put our forefathers in, in this world to rule this world, to be uh, to, to, the seed and the blessings, the kings and the queens of this world, and our forefathers dropped the ball, now this is what we get. Now the Most High go and say he gonna restore us back to our kingdom. So now I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to see. That's why I'm, I'm like this, y'all. I don't know. I be listening to a lot of this content. I'm like, okay, this is what the Bible said. Colossians two and eight, man precepts. You know, man ideology, and Second um, Thessalonians two and eleven, 
because you don't want to believe in the truth that you could be saved that the most high bring you a strong delusion that you believe in a lie there's a whole lot of delusional state-minded things out here y'all because when they be saying this is this and that and this and this and that right oh well said and done but United States and Russia is at World War III and United States is fighting Russia through Ukraine. Bible prophecy said that this was going to happen. Bible prophecy said that Russia going to send a bomb over here. That's what Bible prophecy said. I didn't say it. So, now I'm seeing, trying, see, all these people talking about building and all this and all that. Now, if it's a nuclear bomb going over here and everywhere else, then what gonna happen? See, we ain't got to see, that's the mindset. See, this the spiritual mindset that I be looking at thing. Because I see now through scriptures that a lot of these scriptures in my lifetime is unfolding. The prophecies. That's why y'all got to know, fam. Y'all got to know the prophecies. Y'all got to know the the people of the book because they 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 put the flim flam in there like the Bible is a religious book, but it's not. It's a history book. It's our history book. The Most High said when He wake us up. Is this book going to be right here? We're going to understand this book and figure out that those people that say they are Jews, they are not. They're the synagogues of Satan, according to what the scripture says in Revelations. So if we, most of the people in America, black men and black women who forefathers came over here on cargo slave ships, or are the tribes of Judah. So, how is somebody else going to call themselves us? Because Deuteronomy 28 told us we're going to lose our heritage, our custom, our military might. We gonna, somebody going to still take our children. We ain't going to have no hands to get them back. And we had to go to our enemy for a clothes, shelter, so we, I already know that we had to, we had to go live through the Caucasian man eyes to get all the things that we need to survive. We need a job to survive in the Caucasian man eyes. We need to pay bills to survive in the Caucasian eyes. We need to eat to survive in the Caucasian eyes, right? So we are prisoners of war. But we don't even really, really realize this. You know, they put, that's why I put all this information out here so y'all can see, you know, the real picture. What really going on. How they really going throwing the curves. But I ain't really worrying about people my age or older. These are for the young fellas out here. I'm giving y'all opportunity 
to to see what y'all need to see and all that all that fog and clouds and they want to throw sports and and all this other stuff at you get it girl and get it boy and all this all this other folly but y'all mindset need to be on the truth because the truth y'all gonna have to deal with it man that that big gorilla and monkey and elephant gonna be on y'all back that's what y'all don't understand let's analyze how does this war end do you think we're gonna find out this winter well i i i know what i would do in his shoes i'd wait till the first cold snap and shut off the taps right well because of course he he's gonna do that he's got the control over the energy oh, of course he's going to do that. He's already warned the West with his insistence that maintenance problems were necessary and the pipelines had to be shut down. Do you think he will down. use a nuclear weapon? If necessary, he'll use a tactical battlefield weapon. Even yes. if it starts World War Three, It won't. Probably. But why? Because we wouldn't respond. What's in it for us? If you let him do it and get away with it, where does that end? Then you are under a hit. Well, look, there's a lot. You can get yourself in a situation, no problem, where there's no good outcome. We're trying to do that right now on every front we can possibly imagine. Mm. We can easily get ourselves in a situation where it's hell this way and hell that way. That we're that's highly probable. Well, should the Ukrainians give the Russians anything? When I was over there recently interviewing President Zelensky, what I was struck by was everybody I met in Kiev, the capital city were utterly resolute. Don't give them an inch of our land. Yeah, well, I don't, I can't speak to that because I don't know what the preconditions for peace might be. But I do know that naive notions that the Russians are going to lose somehow, or that we're going to win, I, I don't, I just don't understand. I don't understand that. Well, what do you mean we're gonna win? What are we gonna win here exactly? Well, I guess a victory would be that the Russians retreated from Ukraine. With, with Ukrainian runes. Right. Well, that, we okay, fine, that's a hell of a victory. Like, I think Putin could manage that because I think he could tell his people and I think they might buy it. It's like, we accomplished our objective. We devastated Ukraine and we kept it out of the hands of the West. And that's not great. It's not what we'd hoped for, but it's better than the alternative. And I think they would buy that. And I think when, when Putin went into Ukraine, I thought, well, I thought a bunch of things, which I, I made a YouTube video about that. People criticized like mad. I thought, okay, well, what's happening here? Oh, I see. His his end game for failure is that that Ukraine is left in a smoking ruin. Mm. Oh, that's a victory. So then he can lose with impunity. Right. So how can we win? We can't win against Vladimir Putin anyways, because you cannot win against someone you cannot say no to. Period. And we can't say no to Putin because we sold our soul for his oil and gas. And we did that to elevate our moral stature in relationship to saving the planet. And so here we are yeah. facing a very dire winter, hoisted on the petard of our own foolishness and moral presumption. We're saving the planet. We'll see. I don't think so. It doesn't look like it to me. And this is, this is the most catastrophic issue here. Assuming that we're facing an environmental crisis of planetary proportions, which is not something I buy, by the way, assuming we are, well, then I would 
imagine that you would put in place measures that would ameliorate that problem instead of exacerbating it. But all the measures you're putting in place are actually making the environmental problem worse. So how is that even vaguely acceptable? And I look at that and I think, oh, I see. It's just like George Orwell said about middle-class socialists 50 years ago. It's not that you love the planet. It's that you hate humanity. So, well, have at her, boys and girls. And we'll see what happens this winter. And it's very terrifying to me, I especially here. You know, because your energy prices have gone way out of control and that's going to hurt a lot of poor people and and certainly around the world as well. The World Bank already estimated that we put 350 million people into what they call a food insecurity. 350 million. That's three times as many as the communists managed to kill. Maybe we can manage that in a winter. But the planet has too many people on it anyway. So, you know, that's just poor people. 48 hours, we just entered the most dangerous phase of the coming hot war with Russia and China, and no one is prepared for what's coming. Everyone but a few smart people are actually ignoring it. The media would rather distract you with new COVID variants and masking concerns at your children's school. COVID cases are on the rise across the nation and in our area, which means something many of us thought we'd seen the last of is back. Businesses, hospitals, even colleges, including one in our area, reinstating mask mandates. Yeah, those are important stories, but they're missing the most important story in the world, and and they're all ignoring it right now. Look at Drudge today, for crying out loud. Look at CNN, top story about Burning Man. What about Fox News? Nope, it's all about DeSantis. But don't fall for it, it's all a misdirection. Look over here while President Biden is caught taking millions of dollars from foreign companies. So what's a good way to distract from a crumbling economy if you're President Biden heading into an election season? Start a war with Russia, wag the dog. Did you ask for a war with Russia? No, neither did I, but you're about to get one. And my friend Tucker Carlson just exposed the entire plan. So once you start indicting your political opponents, you know that you have to win or else they're going to indict you if they win. Right? Right. And so they can't lose. They will do anything to win. So how do they do that? They're not going to do COVID again. I know everyone on the right is afraid they're going to do COVID and mask mandate. They're not going to do that. They can't do that. If they've already been exposed, that won't work. There's going to be, no, what are they going to do? They're going to go to war with Russia is what they're going to do. There will be a hot war between the United States and Russia. See y'all, this is what I was trying to tell y'all. This is when they talking about all this building and all this other stuff and get your money right and this and that. The Bible says the earth is given to the hands of the wicked. Do you understand that? And when you go to 2nd Ezra, and, and when you go to 2nd Ezra, and when they're talking about um, when the Caucasian man start ruling the earth, Alexander, he's talking about Alexander the Great when he brought all Caucasian people together and then they they said the world was quiet behind quiet upon him because he ruled the world at this time as now that's the Caucasian man is now that's the time they started ruling the world he said evil multiplied right so there was evil there but it it multiplied multiplied by what it didn't say um um, so he already said that this is 
going to be the outcome. This is going to be the game-ending position. And most of us don't even want to see it. Most of us don't want to hear it. Most of us don't want to even believe it. So, now, okay, fam. Now, let's have a just-in-case this happened mindset there. I don't believe they don't believe. Okay, then. Just have a just-in-case mindset just because you have children and you have some other people that you need to care for and look out for. Because this is going to be some serious stuff and a lot of people is not going to be ready, man. And I and I listen to all these people. This is why I mean, this is Bible prophecy, y'all. Right? I told you this was Bible prophecy when they said that Russia gonna send a nuclear weapon over here. Just said it out my mouth, and this came out. He said it. Now, if is it gonna be a nuclear weapon? Because he because if. Trump become president, then he gonna indict Biden and all, all of them. So if this happens, they ain't trying to go down like that. So they gonna, like he said, they they trying to put y'all in a delusional state, a delusional mind. But we much stronger than that, fam. We much wiser than that, fam. Let's analyze. In the next year. In, really? On the, of, yes, of course. They want it anyway. A hot war with Russia. Remember, we're at war with Russia already, but we're doing it through a proxy, using Ukrainians to fight the war, sending them billions of dollars in weapons. More than 400,000 Ukrainians are now dead. More than 2.5 million are permanently disabled. So we're using Ukraine until we can't use them anymore. When all of their men are dead, then we'll have to send our own troops. And it's all part of the plan, which Congressman Adam Schiff explained. We fight Russia over there so we don't have to fight them here in Washington, D.C. The United States aids Ukraine and her people so that we can fight Russia over there and we don't have to fight Russia here. Now, Tucker only exposed one big piece of this plan, which is the Russian piece. The other piece is the economic side, which we'll get into in a second. But first, on the Russian side, something happened this week that almost no one covered. We covered it on our show, but it was radio silence in most of the mainstream media. The Biden administration quietly laying out a plan to make it impossible for any future president to keep us out of a hot war with Russia. By the way, Russia has already said that this will lead to direct war with their military, and China is standing by, ready to jump in. So according to the Wall Street Journal, what the Biden administration did is astonishing. They introduced a plan to permanently fund Ukraine's proxy war against Russia, and the structure would make it impossible for a future president to undo the plan. See that? See that, fam? There's always this, man. That's why I keep telling the black man, the black woman, Latino man, the Latino woman, and Native Indian man and Native Indian woman. Y'all got to open up your minds and see that this stuff that we was drafted into, this stuff that we was forced into, this stuff that we manipulate into, 
is wicked and evil. Now, my thing is, y'all, this is what I'm telling y'all, fam. And somebody that looked like me, Native Indian man, black man, Latino man, and y'all going up here to this war, right? They gonna force y'all in the military to go to this war. Why? And you and you risk uh, losing your life over what? It's not freedom because you swore to the Constitution. That's what most of y'all needs to get together and get y'all lawyer and swear to the Constitution to uphold the United States. And if the United States is a rebellion, the, the, the government is re- a rebellion against the, the citizens or not doing the right thing, then why are you fighting? Why are you risking your life? Why are you putting yourself in position, in a bad position, and the people who's starting it is sitting up there looking at it like it's a football game? I don't understand that. And then they said they're giving them money, and they they talking about they ain't even did the dealing set. They gonna prolong it to November, but they still giving out billions and billions and billions of dollars. This is a hoax if y'all don't see. How they gonna give out billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine on a war? See, all this is Bible prophecy, man. The the Bible said that Russia don't want to do it, but the Most High gonna force them to do it. Just like you fishing, got that big old bass, with a nice old rod with a thick old hook and he ain't going nowhere and he fighting and he fighting until, until he get tired and you reel him on in that's going to happen but we got to be prepared for ourselves man we got to get our mindset stop acting like you know this can't be happening this is the reality because this okay all this was prophesied all this gonna happen. What makes it is not gonna happen on your shit. That's why I tell all these young folks right here. This is gonna happen on your ship as long as you live in this life in this world. And what y'all gonna do? Run around here acting like y'all y'all mindless, out of control. That's why y'all got to start. Being together as a unit, as a family, as a nation, man. We don't know what the Most High going to do. Right? But we had to be, had that faith that when all this thing come out, that the Most High is going to do what he going to do. We got to focus on the 613 Law, Statutes, and Commandments. 613 Law, Statutes, and Commandments. That's what we got to focus on, man. Let's analyze. Give it like Obamacare, but on steroids. Everyone, including a Republican president and a Republican Congress, tried to unravel Obamacare, but they couldn't do it. The structure is virtually permanent. The same is true of this plan for Ukraine. So what is the likelihood that in the next few months we are involved in a nuclear war with Russia? 
Colonel Tony Schaefer says 80%. And he agrees with Tucker on this. And he says, we are headed for a nuclear war with Mother Russia. Do you share Tucker's view on it? Um, the answer is, it's very likely. I put it at the 80% likelihood. Vladimir Putin, who is not bluffing, he is doing what he believes is necessary to protect the Russian Empire, the Russian Republic. It is what it is. And George, uh, the West, England and the United States in particular, don't seem to be listening to him. He's been very clear about what he's trying to achieve. Well, Russia is not bluffing. They've now put their nuclear arsenal on the highest alert possible for the first time ever. Quoting now, the nuclear-capable Sarmat Intercontinental Ballistic Missile System was previously touted by President Putin as being capable of hitting any target on Earth and is widely believed to be by far the longest-range missile in Russia's arsenal. And it's been nicknamed by NATO the Satan-2. Nice name, Satan-2. The timing of all of this is on purpose, of course. Putin is not bluffing. This warhead can wipe out a country the size of France. Just one rocket, and it can't be shot down. Putin says, quote, the new complex has the highest tactical and technical characteristics and is capable of overcoming all modern means of anti-missile defense. It has no analogs in the world and won't have for a long time to come. In other words, nothing can stop it and nothing can come close. Oh, good. So why don't we keep poking the bear, President Biden? The reason the United States is so desperate, though, is because the U.S. economy and the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar, which, of course, is losing favor around the world to settle oil transactions as the world's reserve currency. It's slipping away beneath their feet right now. There's no better indicator of this than in Africa over the past few weeks. We've seen four different military coups ousting their leaders who have been in bed with Western countries for decades. Another African leader toppled by the army, whose turn Will it be next? The United States and France have been stealing Africa's resources for decades, keeping these countries in a permanent state of poverty. We've been stealing their manganese, their gold, their silver, their uranium, their lithium, their oil. These African countries are saying enough is enough. What people want is to gain back their wealth, the back their uranium, their gold, their iron, their uh, phosphate, their oil, their gas. And this scares the West. I mean, look at Niger, which told the French to get out of our country, stop stealing our resources. And the French got so pissed this week that they decided to smash all of the trucks that they had there at their mines. So we're going to leave. Yeah, fine, we'll leave all the mines alone, but we're going to smash all the trucks on the way out. Can you believe these guys? And then last week, the country of Gabon did the same thing. France and the United States are in a panic mode right now. Victoria Newland from the United States went to Africa in a panic mode. And according to the Gray Zone, people who attended the meetings had never seen her so desperate. Why? Why is she so desperate? Because Vladimir Putin just welcomed these African nations into a new friendship, and so did China, where they can keep their own minerals, they can keep their own sovereignty, make partnerships that benefit those countries. Oh, they know they're needling the West. The West can't let this happen. They can't let Russia and China create these friendships and these partnerships. And today, Moscow is warning NATO, back off or else. Russia's UN envoy, Dmitry Polyansky, says NATO's involvement in Ukraine has created a big risk of a direct clash between Russia and the West. He also said something very interesting. He said they've been hearing radio messages and transmissions that a number of NATO members, generals and soldiers, have been killed in Ukraine. So something really fishy is going on, guys. Why is NATO leaking information about the deaths of their generals and soldiers being killed in fighting with Russia? They're not even supposed to be there. They know Russia is listening. 
They know this information is getting out. You don't do that unless you want to use it for some big purpose. Something big is happening, and I'm really scared as to what comes next. So see y'all. Y'all had to have that mindset, man. Stop um, taking everything for granted. And keep your eyes and ears on the grindstone. Start looking at each other as brothers and sisters and building this nation the way it's supposed to be built. Feel this, then you know what I'm talking about. 